What's going on, my people? It is your man, Jay Swan. And I'd like to welcome y'all to the Free Spirit Podcast. On the Free Spirit Podcast, I will give you the latest in entertainment, music, sports, and also give you that Free Spirit talk. Y'all stay tuned. everybody it is your man jay swan and i'm back with another episode the 13th episode to the free spirit podcast before i get into it i just want to have a brief moment of silence for the victims that were gunned down the seven victims that were gunned down over in buffalo new york on saturday and there are three people who are in critical condition 10 people that were victims of the shooting and the three people are still in critical condition and hopefully i pray that they will make it through but i'll have a brief moment of silence for the seven other victims that did not make it so rest in peace to those victims now we have a lot to talk about people we have a lot. NBA playoffs. I will get to that later. But he is back. Kung Fu Kenny is back. Kendrick Lamar Duckworth got an album out that came out this Friday. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I listened to the album Let's see, three times? I listened to the album three times. And this is his sixth studio album. I've been a Kendrick fan for some time now. And my opinion, he is the greatest of this generation. And he is in my top 10 all time of hip-hop acts, hip-hop MCs of all time. And he dropped this double-disc album. Mind you, it's double-disc. Like, when an artist puts out a double-disc album, it's kind of like a risk for real. Like, you don't know you're going to get a great reception, a mediocre reception, a good reception. It's like, you know, Pac did it, Biggie did it, great albums, All Eyes on Me, um, and Life After Death. Nas did it for Street Disciple. I thought that was a decent album. Blueprint 2, Jay-Z did it. Thought that was an underrated album. But you don't know what you get for Double Disc album these days. And like, I'm going to talk about, you know what? I'm going to say this too. From his last album, Damn. I felt like Damn was like one of the most aggressive I ever heard from Kendrick Lamar. Like when he started off with the DNA, um, that beat right there alone slaps, bro. It makes you want to go fight somebody. I'm telling you right now. Like, it still has that moment where, like, yo, 
you just want to knock a dude head off, knock a nigga head off. I'm like, yo, you, what you say? It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of a Brooklyn Zoo uh, type of feel what ODB used to do back in the day. Of. Like, Brooklyn Zoo go was hard, bro. That's what it reminded me of, DNA. The beat slaps and the song slaps. And he, you know, he did Humble. Like, those songs right there were, like, very braggadocious, very ambitious. Like, you know, you feel it on this album, on Mr. Morale. Like, he went to another totally different direction. Like, he matured, you know, over the years. Like, it's been, like, the past five years since he last dropped the album. And... What's crazy is that there's a lot has changed over the years. He became, you know, a dad. Like, he has two daughters. He has shown a lot of vulnerability on this album. He was being very open, in my opinion. And I'm going to talk about the songs that really stood out to me. Like, Father Time. Like, Father Time, I could really relate to it. Like, you know, and a lot of guys out there can relate to it. Like, a lot of guys have daddy issues like may like your friend may have a daddy issue some of my friends have daddy issues uh you know some kids don't have fathers i was lucky to have a father you know he was tough growing up with living in the household but he's still my dad he showed me the ropes how to be a man and what to do but on this song on father time where kendrick displays like the toxic masculinity in like black homes uh whatever home you're at like father telling you like don't cry you know man up like you're not you're not be taught to cry like showing your emotions because they feel like that's weak and i remember i was talking about this on my first episode about toxic positivity where you're forced to like not show your emotions or like you're not bringing anything out they they kind of you know they're similar toxic masculinity and you know masculine you know the toxic masculinity and toxic positivity is what i'm saying they kind of like favor each other in a way that's kind of similar but i like how he really addressed it and also on this on the song he also addressed the drake and um kanye you know, they're stopping their beef and they, you know, they made a truce and he felt some type of way about it from, you know, my point of view. He was talking about those two and he was like, where's the competitive nature? Like, that's what he's talking about on that song. But overall, I enjoyed the song. We Cry Together is probably my favorite joint and the feature, the actress Tyler, uh, not Tyler, um, Taylor Page. Um, it was one of those songs where two couples, like not two couples, when a couple having their problems and they're addressing it, like saying F you, you know what I'm saying? F you itch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, F you nigga. Like it reminded me of that scene from baby boy with Taraji and what's his name? Taraji and Tyrese with Jody and Yvette. It reminded me of that scene and like that whole song right there. I could just picture that. I could just picture it, you know, 
like seeing two people just arguing, like, you know, going through their toxic relationship. You know what I'm saying? And that what goes on around like black couples, white couples, Hispanic couples, all couples. Like that lets you know, like there's no such thing as a a perfect relationship. But I really thought it was so dope how Kendrick brought that to life. And then they had the next song, Purple Hearts. Purple Hearts, really dope song with Summer Walker. And Ghostface killed that verse, yo. Ghostface, one of my favorite rappers besides Meth and Raekwon in the Wu-Tang Clan. And I really thought it was dope for Kendrick to have him on the song. Silent Hill, dope track. Auntie Diaries, man. He addressed a whole lot. It was so... It was like one of those quiet songs that, you know, that grabs your attention. It grabbed my attention because it addressed the, you know, sexual preference, human sexuality, like, you know, transgender of his aunt, you know, becoming a man. And it was so bold for somebody to do that. And I admire Kendrick for doing that in the song. And it's very important for... in this current age and time is very important also where it really hits it's like he really still have love for his family member even though that person went through that change it didn't change like he still loved this person it's like that's actual real love and that is you know super relatable because i got family members that are openly gay and I still accept them for who they are or like whether they are transgender or like they can be what and in my opinion you can be what you ever what you want to be in this world it's like it's kind of really it that song was very heartfelt very heartfelt and I really enjoyed it count me out another song that was dope that that verse what he did on Count Me Out was very motivational. I felt like he's being very motivational on the song and the flow on there was just pretty much flawless. Like, he was just attacking the beat. He's just attacking it. Like, he's being super... I felt like this song right here, Count Me Out, is like one of the most aggressive songs throughout the whole album. And, man, he really, really delivered. Mother, I Sober... And this song right here, man, is just wow. Kendrick got to be one of the one of the most creative storytellers besides Nas, man, in my opinion. Like Nas and Kendrick are right up there when it comes to storytelling. Like, like I was talking about on We Cry Together, you could just picture. The whole scenery of the two people arguing. Well, on Mother I Sober, he's talking about molestation, sex abuse. Um, His mother going through that. And he's also talking about how our ancestors were hurt that way as well. Like, he's talking about the slavery times. Our ancestors had to go through that as well. And... He, you know, brought up the, his tone, like his, he getting angry and angry on that last verse. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to say, I love this whole album, man. I love this album, man. It's just, what more can I say about it? Like, 
that song is super dope. And Die Hard, he's addressing them about demons that he have, flaws, and like he's human. Like I thought that was a dope approach of what he did, and like man, he just slapped it. I felt like that was a really dope song. And he also addressed like on the album he had writer's block for two years. Like he really couldn't create anything. And he was being open about it, like, man, I just wasn't, you know, feeling it at the time of like what's going on around me. And like you gotta understand when you're making music, this is come from an artist like myself, like I'm an artist, like I can relate, like sometimes I may not have it all right there, but it's going to come. Like when you make music, it's all natural. Like when you're creating a song, it's all natural about how you feel. It's all about you can't force the song. You can't force the song. If you force the song, then it's not going to come out right. It has to be natural. It has to naturally flows. You know what I'm saying? Naturally flows. But overall, I enjoyed this album. It was a really dope album. Will I say it's Kendrick's best? Um, That's a real tough one right there. Because To Pimp a Butterfly was the shit. To Pimp a Butterfly showed... Like, what's so similar... About this album with Pimp a Butterfly shows a lot of vulnerability. And I remember Kendrick on To Pimp a Butterfly on one of his interviews. He was talking about how he was dealing with depression. And, you know, this album was more like a coming of age. But you still feel like there was some similarities of that album. Those two albums. And, man, I really thought like it was like a coming of age. And, like, Kendrick is in a whole different mindset now he's not the same Kendrick that we you know we first saw from section 80 to good kid mad city to to pepper butterflies he's a totally different man now and I really really did enjoy this album if I had to say this album is a classic it's tough for me to say that but I'm gonna tell you right now tell you right here now I feel like this might be the best double disc album since Biggie's Life After Death. And I feel like Biggie's Life After Death was an album where you could just not skip one song. Like with you know what I'm saying? And it had that impact right after he passed away. And man, it has to be like Biggie's Life After Death, in my opinion is the greatest double disc album of all time and arguably the greatest rap album of all time besides Jay-Z's Blueprint. But this album right here, Mr. Mo- Mr. Uh, Mor- Mr. Morale and The Big Steppers by Kendrick, he really did deliver. So I will give this album possibly a 8.5 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. But it will continue to age better over time because Kendrick Lamar is very meticulous. He takes his time with the art. He's a actual artist. He is a real artist. And shout out to K-Dot for putting this album together. And this is his last album on TDE. 
And, like, he went out with a banger. And you know what's crazy before I get into the intermission? Bro, this album is projected to do almost 400,000 without any, you know, physical copies, right? Without any physical copies, he is going to do 350,000 or possibly 400,000 his first week. Let the song cry, speaking for my peers Asking myself, why am I here? These circumstances, so unfair Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore tears Let the song cry, speaking for my peers Asking myself, why am I here? Hear me out when I cry, Baltimore tears Home of- Welcome back to the Free Spare Podcast, my people It is your man, Jay Swan A.K.A. the Black Gohan, A.K.A. the Black Super Saiyan, A.K.A. Black Swan, the host for the Free Spirit Podcast. And man, let's talk about it, man. Drake and Kendrick. Drake versus Kendrick. Like, you know, um, the two top hip-hop artists of this generation, two of the greatest of this generation, Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. You see, um, the top three, in my opinion. But I feel like, you know, it should be addressed. Because, like, they, meaning they, Kendrick and Cole have been throwing subliminal shots at each other for the past. Since Control. Since Control. Remember when Kendrick Lamar dropped, you know, the verse, like, you know, the year when he was going at pretty much every rapper at that time that was hot, like Pusha T, Drake. Cole, Tyler, the creator, Mac Miller, you know what I'm saying? Those guys. And like, um, you know, he was like, hey, I'm bringing the competitive nature of hip hop back because I felt like it was lackluster for like the past few years. And like people were just, you know, being friendly and like, yo, hey, let's not, you know, make this less competitive or whatever. Like, let's just make friendly records. Well, on that, on... You know, the control, he brought that competitive nature of hip-hop or of MCing back to the scene. And I really admire about that. And then, you know, people had their feelings about it. And then Drake had his feelings about it. And I felt like Drake, he was, like, really not feeling it. And then after that, you know, I mean, he mentioned in interviews before, like, you know, he admires Kendrick Lamar. But he felt like that was a moment. Where it was like, oh, it just went, it it just went and, you know, gone. You know what I'm saying? It just went away. Quick, quick, gone. But I felt like it has that effect for like the past, you know, how many years. That effect is still going on, that control verse. You're still talking about it in 2022. Then Drake, you know, after that, you know what? It was the BET freestyle. This was going on in... 2013 like Kendrick heard what Drake said and then the next thing you know Kendrick dropped that BET freestyle over Shook Ones where he took a shot at Drake and Pat Poose and then Drake dropped Nothing Was The Same I think around that same time and then he did the language song when he was like I don't know why am I the shit that is never inspiring 
噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔噔Oh, like, yo, took a jab at Kendrick, and then I mean, took a jab at took a jab at Drake, and then Drake talked about Kendrick on the song "One Hundred with Game," right? And then he was talking, he was uh saying like, "Hey, I would have had your fan base too if I was still conscious. I would do all this if I wasn't this successful." You know what I'm saying? Like all this, and I'm like. I could clearly hear the subliminals. And not too long ago, like probably around like maybe 2015, 2016, I believe Kendrick Lamar was on the cover of Rolling Stone. And the next thing he said about no rapper should be considered the best if they have a ghostwriter. And I felt like that was a shot at mainly Drake. And they going back and forth. Like, you hear Subliminal's hand there. And what I also talked about on the last, you know, segment before the intermission. Like, Drake didn't, not Drake, Kendrick didn't diss Drake on the song Father Time. But he addressed up like, hey, Kanye and Drake made up. I'm like, where's the competitive nature? So, like, I don't think it wasn't a shot. But, like. You know, he addressed them on the album. And people been waiting for this for these two to have a battle for like the past maybe how many years? We're still waiting. They're at the top of their leagues. Drake is the hit maker. Drake is the guy that you want to if you want to listen to the radio or like a guy that got the Songs for the ladies or like thinking about relationships and like Drake gets busy on the battle tip too. Don't get it twisted because remember he battled Common, he battled Meek Mill, he did the back to back, he battled Tiger, he also battled Pusha T and like, you know, he held his own in those battles for real. Kendrick Lamar is like the spoken word guy, the spoken guy, spoken word guy that you see at poetry events, open mics, where it could be someone doing like a poetry slam, like that type of feel. Like here's what Kendrick Lamar reminds me of. I don't know if I said this before. It's like Andre Three Thousand and Eminem fused into one guy, and that's Kendrick Lamar with a storytelling, like in depth lyrical. Uh, schemes, rhyme schemes, and like I feel like that will be a very interesting battle. And who I think would win, I would say K Dot would win in the battle. Um, but that's just me. I feel like if they ever got into a battle, like I said, K Dot will win. I feel he has that. Not saying Drake isn't hip hop, because Drake is hip hop. He is a lyricist, but I feel like Drake has so much out there where Kendrick could just attack him in all angles. Like, 
uh, the same way Pusha T did. But, you know, I feel like it will be more direct and strike harder. Like, I'm not saying, you know, the Pusha T disc wasn't hard. Because it was. Like, the story of Adion was just one of the best disc tracks of the 2010s. Period. But, I mean, it will be like a different approach for real. Two juggernauts. Like, Drake will say something, like, more clever, but I feel like Kendrick will be more direct. I feel like Kendrick will be, as far as, like, he wants some smoke with Drake. He wants the smoke. And I feel like Drake is more subliminal. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's just my take. I just want that battle to happen. Uh, I will want to see that for real. Now... We are getting into some NBA stuff, the NBA playoffs, right? The Heat beat the Sixers. Like I said, that was going to happen. And I've been telling you guys before, James Harden is a good player. He's a number two guy. He is not the guy. Jimmy Butler is the guy. He will lead his team to the conference finals, to the championship like he did to years ago with the Miami Heat facing against the Lakers. He is a true alpha, a true leader that can get you to the promise saying, like I said, right? And I was not shocked at the result. I just like, yo, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers like for next year. Like, I don't know what more can they do to improve their team. Like, I just don't know. Will they be a playoff team? I'm pretty sure they will. But I don't know if they will be a championship contending team. But who knows? Miami, they are going to the conference finals. And I'm proud of my team, like, you know, doing their thing. And we have a lot more to accomplish. And I'm not surprised at the result. So, let's move on to Boston beating the Bucks. At first, I had the Bucks winning this series, but I'm gonna be real. Like ever since Chris Middleton went down, I was like, "Hold up, what's about to happen here?" Like Boston might take it, right? It's gonna be like a real tough time for like Giannis. Like he been dropping like forty points back to back to back. However. In that last game, I felt like he was just gassed out and tired. Like, Drew Holiday is good. However, he's not a guy that's going to consistently give you 25 a game. Chris Middleton is going to give you 25 a game. All-star caliber player. And he was truly missed in, like, you know, those presence of, like, what the Bucks really needed. But it took him seven games. I'm, and I will not be surprised if... The Bucks return to like a super, not saying like a super team form, but a championship team form by next year. If you still have Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, man, they'll be fine. The Bucks will be fine. Boston moving to the conference finals. And I'm like, yeah, congrats to the Boston Celtics for making it. Now, Golden State beating Memphis. I was surprised that they actually went to six games. And um, that one game was without John Morant. And I'm like, dang. But, you know, Golden State had to close the deal. And I feel like Memphis' future is pretty bright. They, 
They are probably the youngest team in the NBA with a guy like Ja Morant, who is one of the best in the league, maybe a top 15 player of the game today. But um, they have a promising future with a guy like him on their team. And Golden State is Golden State. Mavericks beating the Suns. Bro, I did not expect this at all. Like, I'm going to say this right here now. Luka, I've been saying this for like the past two years. Luka is a top five player. Luka is the, possibly the best all-around player besides LeBron James in the NBA right now. And you can make a point that he is the best point guard because he can play the point and he gets his teammates involved and... They just complete, like, yo, on Sunday, when I was checking the scoreboard on my phone, halftime, it said 27 to, I believe, to 67 or 57. The day was getting blown up by 30 points. And, man, that was just an ass whooping, a real ass whooping. Like, the Mavericks came prepared, like, I don't know what to say, man. And, like, going towards the third quarter, I believe they were up by at least 90. I think it was, like, either 97 and to, like, 27, like, at the beginning of the third quarter. But it was, like, really getting bad. Like, it was, like, in major double digits. Like, bro, I never seen a team get annihilated in the playoffs like that. And I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I don't know what's going to happen with the Phoenix Suns next season. I don't know because Chris Paul is 37. He's getting older. DeAndre Ayton not, might, not, uh, uh, might not be back. And, yo, I just felt like they are a good contending team but they just have bad luck on their side like i don't know man like it's wild and devin booker talented guy very talented good score possibly win like a scoring title but man i don't know if they'll make it back to the playoffs next year i don't know i'm not sure because teams in the West are going to get better. And I feel like what more can the Suns do to get better for real? Like, as far as, like, adding a player, like, who are they going to add? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, Chris Paul changed that team around, like, you know, two years ago once he joined the team. Was it two years ago? I think it's been two years. But once he joined the team, he changed that whole you know, that whole chemistry around because they were bad. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what the Suns are going to do. Like, Chris Paul, been past his prime. However, he's been good. He just, I don't know if he'll get that. Yeah, I think his, his path on his role getting, like, possibly a championship is over, bro. Might be over. But you never know in the NBA. But I think it is over for Chris Paul. So, you know, shout out to the Mavericks winning. And, man, 
the preview for the conference finals, Boston versus Miami. Let me tell you this, man. This, I feel like, is going to go to seven games. Miami has the deeper bench. Boston slightly may have the better defense, though. Like, I just want to know how are Boston going to slow down Jimmy? Are they going to double team him? Um, Double zone? Uh, It's like, how are they going to shut him down? Like, I don't... I don't think you could shut down the energy for Jimmy. Jimmy, I feel like he's going to drop like a few games. Like he's going to drop at least 30 or 40 in these, in this series. And Tyler Hero, hopefully Tyler Hero could average over 20 in this series. Because in the last one, he didn't really do that much. He averaged like probably around like 14 a game in the... Um, semifinals against the Sixers, but it was the Jimmy show. And Victor Aladipo really stepped up in that series, and I feel like he will step up in this series. And P.J. Tucker, man, like, yo, I feel like Miami, Jimmy is a superstar. I will say this right here. Jimmy has shown that he is a superstar. If people are not giving him credit and they're underrating Jimmy Butler, so, I just feel like the Miami Heat, even though Boston is very good, and Jason Tatum proved to be a top five player. In my opinion, he is a top five player. Can score, great leader, has that alpha male mentality. Like, bro, he don't care. He will take over a game. And that's what I love about Jason Tatum. And you have Marcus Smart, who is the defensive player of the year at the uh, point guard position. And, yo, this is going to be a very interesting series. So it could go either way. And Al Harford has been really stepping up. So, but I got the Miami Heat winning to six to seven games. And the Warriors versus Dallas, bro, um, Jalen Brunson, he's been good. Like for the uh, playoffs with Luca, and I don't know that will be enough to beat the Warriors, man. I just don't like it. Could be very iffy because they do have a bench. Mavericks, they do. It's like how much is it gonna be to overcome the Warriors? Because like. You had three guys from the Warriors that could give you 30 a night. But even though Jordan Poole didn't really show up like that in the last series against the Grizzlies, he could still give you like 25 to 30 a game. See, it could be very, very tricky with that. And you got Steph with him dropping 30, being the leader of the team. Clay, he may not be the old Clay from like. The Warriors from five, six years ago. But he's still a good, solid player. Still an all-star caliber player. To me, this series is up in the air, in my opinion. This is an up-in-the-air series. And honestly, for my pick for somebody to win, it's up in the air. I don't know who I'm going to pick. But that's just 
my take about the NBA playoffs. I love it so far, man. Like, this been one of the best playoffs i watched in a long time. And hopefully it will continue to get better. Hopefully it will. But that's it for the Free Spare Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And subscribe to the Anchor page. Subscribe to the Spotify page. It is your man, Jay Swan. I really appreciate you guys for taking your time to check out the podcast. And man, y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay true. Be great at what y'all do. I will see y'all next week. And I'm out. Peace.